Welcome to today's emergency episode of Check the Tape. I'm Aria Atari. Had an NBA podcast that I was going to post Friday morning, but there was some issues with uploading it and the file got corrupted and, you know, wasn't able to make that happen. Sorry about that. Wrote an article about the Bucks, though, that's up on the site right now, so definitely check that out if you have uh, the opportunity. The Milwaukee Bucks, not Tampa Bay. But yeah, so the reason for this surprise emergency episode is because Jimmy Butler was traded today and I wanted to talk about it. So yeah, let's get right into it. Today's guest is nobody. I am the guest. I will be doing this by myself. Uh, Wish me luck. (laughs) So yeah, Butler got traded. Minnesota traded him and Justin Patton to the Philadelphia 76ers for Robert Covington, Dario Sarge, Jared Bayless and a 2022 second round draft pick. So great trade for Minnesota. I mean, not Minnesota, great trade for Philadelphia. You get another all-star. You get a player, a third player to make a big three of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Jimmy Butler. And you give up Covington and Sarich, forget Bayless. You get So it's basically a two-for-one-er if you factor out the other stuff. That's really what I look at it as. And yeah, that makes sense. Jimmy Butler's a better player than Covington, and if you have to give up Saric to upgrade at that spot, great. But it's not as easy as that. You know, I think they made this deal because they felt like they were kind of falling behind in the East. New GM Elton Brand, he probably felt as if, you know, Toronto's ahead of us, Milwaukee's ahead of us in the standings, Boston, they're struggling right now. But we think they could figure it out. They have Brad Stevens, great coach. They have a lot of talent. They'll be there in the end, you would think. So he probably felt like I needed to make a trade, that he needs to make a trade and add the third star. And yeah, I could understand that. It's always good to have more all-stars on your team generally, right? So there's some issues, though, with this. You know, it's not as simple as, oh, we have Butler, Simmons, and Bede. Let's go. Uh... Issue number one is chemistry and Butler getting along with the young guys. You know, I I tweeted and joked about this, how Butler has such a good track record with the young rising stars. And now he's with Embiid and Simmons. And those two, I'd say, are a lot further along, a lot more developed, better players than Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are. So maybe Butler won't clash with them because they, you know, they can hold their own. He wouldn't feel like he has to carry a load or something, something like that. I mean, they've accomplished, and they made the second round of the playoffs last year without Butler. So I'm not saying like the second round of the playoffs is anything special, but they've done stuff before he's gotten there, which is, you know, nice. And I think that's that's one reason why I don't think this whole chemistry thing is that big of a deal or maybe not the chemistry thing but butler getting uh butler not getting along with these two because i think they're pretty more much more established than what towns and wiggins are so that isn't that major major of a concern to me faults on the other hand you know number one pick they actually traded they traded to get him to draft him number one traded up and he hasn't panned out at all had the issues last year with the injuries maybe confidence issues I don't think having Jimmy Butler in that locker room is going to be good for Markel Fultz, but we'll see. You know, I I don't think the Sixers are depending on Fultz to be 
someone who they count on. Like this is their big three. Faults is just kind of these. If he turns out, you know, if he produces at all, great. You know, I don't. They're not counting on him to be one of their main core members anymore with this move. At least that's what my perspective is. But the fit isn't perfect. It'd be nice, like it's nice to have that third star to go alongside and beat in Simmons, sure. But it would have been nicer if that third star could be able to shoot the three a little better. You know, Covington's career average for three pointers, I think, is it is better than Butler's. And you know, you give up Sarich, who's another guy who can make the three. So you're giving up two guys who can shoot the three, and in return, you're getting someone who is not as good as them well or you're getting worse at shooting because i think butler's a little bit better than sarge in career average so that's a concern if you're the 76ers that you're a worse shooting team than you were before and with simmons not shoot being a shooter at all it'd be nice if you had somebody who could play alongside him that could shoot that's why when you know last summer when free agency and there was the Kawhi rumors going along you would say oh let, you would think Kawhi would have been a really good fit for them but it didn't seem like he was available and if he was the Spurs wanted Simmons or Embiid or Fultz in return and you know I think maybe the 76ers should have given Fultz if they could have gotten Kawhi Leonard I think that's a no-brainer but they felt the need to hang on to him and San Antonio wasn't going to do that trade to get Sarich or Covington when they could just get DeRozan who's much more of an established much better of player than those two Paul George would have been a good fit but I think he was just okay so he was where he wanted to be and you know all that's whatever uh and then LeBron LeBron wouldn't have been the best fit but it's LeBron James you know you get LeBron James you get LeBron if you get LeBron James if you have the opportunity to get LeBron James you get LeBron James on your team but they struck out on him struck out on Paul George who wanted to remain in Oklahoma City and and you couldn't get the uh trade for Kawhi Leonard because he got sent to the Raptors which in turn hurt you hurt you because that's one of your competitors in the conference who got better so they decided to go for Butler they needed they wanted to cash in and get the star and they had to do it now. They had to like make this kind of move now because Simmons would be eligible for a contract extension next summer. And, or they could have, I guess they technically could have waited to the summer, but Butler would have been a free agent. And, but you had to make a move like next summer. I guess now is when they just decided because they want to go in for this season too. But you know, your clock was running low on, on when to make that move because Simmons is about to be eligible for his new contract extension, and then I would kick in in the summer of 2020. And you're not going to be able to have a lot of cap flexibility after that, combined with Embiid's big contract. But Butler only has one year left on that deal. So long-term, it seems as if they're, and I think people were saying that, yeah, they were, that there's a plan to get for the 76ers and Butler that they both want to make this a long-term thing. Uh, you can't officially agree to anything right now, but there's these wink-wink deals. And, yeah, you could get Butler a max, five-year max, around 100, high 180s, maybe 
I think it's around one high 180s to 190, some, somewhere around there is what it'll be next summer. And so at least you're not renting Jimmy Butler. Maybe you could just walk away if the situation's awful. He's the 76ers. Chemistry is garbage. The fit's awful. He emasculates Markel Fultz. And you're just like, I'm out. I'm out on Jimmy Butler. Then, okay, you walk away from it. But um, you don't... You generally don't make but then that's another thing in itself like oh it didn't work out it was a bad trade we shouldn't have done it but you don't make a move like this without the expectation that you're going to keep this guy long term but that's a scary thought of its own having jimmy butler and he's 29 right now a five-year deal goes to 34 he's been dealing with injuries his entire career that's scary i'd be scared of that if i'm the 76ers but this is all worth the risks you know you give up Covington and Sarge. Neither of those guys are star caliber players. It's not like you're giving up Sarge, Covington, McConnell, Reddick, like your entire team. You're just giving up two guys. I mean, you're giving up Bayless, but Bayless, they don't really. Bayless wasn't a part of the Sixers team that mattered as far as competing. So you're giving up just these main two guys to get Butler in return. And I, I get it. Like, if you're. that. That's not a lot to give up. So in if a player like that's available and you're not giving up that much, do it. That's it's a no-brainer. But those things, you know, the fit, the long-term commitment you have to make to Butler with his age and injury problems, you know, he's 29, so he'll be 30 in the first season of that new contract if they keep him long-term. But yeah, the age, the long-term commitment, the fit, his track record with young stars, Townsend Wiggins. Stuff to make you scared. But overall, he's a great talent, good defender. Just gets you about 21, 22 a game. You got to do it. You got to make that move. And I, I, I think they made the right move getting him, but I wouldn't be shocked if this didn't pan out and they're kicking themselves about it six months from now. So... We'll see if this works out. I wouldn't say I'm optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic. I'm just really neutral about this. I don't have a strong opinion one way or another. And I know that's not really good for a podcast because it's good to have the strong opinions. But I think, you know, it was a low risk they gave up. It was just Covington and Sarich. And I don't think those guys aren't making or breaking you as a title contender. Butler could because he's a star. He's an all-star. He's one of the what, 15 best players in the league? Maybe 20. Um, so it's worth that risk. And for Minnesota, from their perspective, I actually like the move a lot because, you know, you add Sarich, who is a good... I, I really like the idea of having Sarich playing alongside Towns, helps you spread the floor. Uh, he's, I think he's a good front court mate for Towns. Yeah, helps you spread the floor. Covington is going to get those minutes Jimmy Butler did, and maybe he can replace, I don't know, 65 to 70% of what Butler was able to do offensively and defensively combined. Maybe. Maybe that's a little bit optimistic. But, you know, he's going to fit into that role. But, you know, for Minnesota, like, those guys are actually, you know, good pieces to play alongside Wiggins and Towns, and they can space the floor a little better now. But the bottom line for Minnesota is now Butler's gone. Wiggins and Towns have to play like stars. I don't think Andrew Wiggins can. This is year five for him. His numbers went down uh, from his third season 
to the fourth season, his scoring numbers. And I think Towns Towns did for his second season to the third season. Towns needs to be like 25 and 12, like he was his second year. And he's sitting right now with just 19.9, so I guess 20, 10.8 rebounds, two blocks. Not good enough if you're Carl Anthony Towns. I'm expecting he needs to do a little more. He needs to get to like 25. He needs to be around 25. Wiggins, you would want him to be around a 20-point score. His number, he averaged 23 that third year. And now he, and then he went to 17 his fourth season. Now he's Right now he's at 17 again. So their numbers went down between like between the 2017 and 2018 seasons. Now maybe you could say, hey, Butler came in and he was awful for their cult for their locker room culture and really brought everyone down and that hurt their games. That's fine. You can make that argument. But like now that Butler's gone, there's no excuse. Okay. These guys have to perform. I don't think they will, because I don't think Wiggins is that good. I never feel like Wiggins is a I don't feel like Wiggins is an offensive player who I don't think he's a consistent offensive player and I don't think I'm sounding crazy by saying that it's not like I'm some bold take it's just you know you watch this team and he has his nights where he looks really polished really good and other nights where he's just off and has the broken jump shot Towns on the other hand he can dominate people but sometimes I feel like he's a little bit too passive and he doesn't put up the numbers that he's capable of with his size and skill like that uh that Lakers game the other night he you know, he wasn't, I think, I don't remember the exact number. I think he only put up about 13 points that game. So it was, it wasn't like it would, I don't think, he definitely didn't break the 20s. Yeah, it's time for these guys to show up. And whether or not they can do it, we'll see. But they have no excuse now. It didn't seem like they want to play with Jimmy Butler. Well, he's gone. And now you have to, uh, now you have to prove that, you know, you got, like, he was bringing you guys down and it wasn't like, because he he said this team needs me or yeah he said something alongside that like they need me to win alongside along those lines whatever yeah along those lines I think is the correct word but yeah he said that the Timberwolves needed he said something along the lines of the Timberwolves needed him to win and it didn't seem like it seemed like he was hurting the locker room and the culture and now that he's gone Wiggins and Towns you got to step up you got to you gotta, you gotta win, and you gotta perform. And maybe he was there. If he was holding you back, you have no excuse now. So, um, do I think Thibodeau made the right move sending Minnesota, sending, making this trade specifically? If there were other offers, I mean, if Houston was offering four first round picks, especially ones that are like in the mid twenty twenties, where you don't even know what would happen to that team by then, you know, Chris Paul would probably be off the books by then and if he is still on the team be a much older player probably not effective don't know what's going to happen to Harden down the line um any pick like that far into the future is generally a good is generally good to have those type of draft picks because you have no idea what's going to happen to this team right now this team's in win now mode so down the line they're probably going to suck so I think they should have made a should have taken that trade to get the four first rounders problem is if you're Tom Thibodeau you look at this trade he made, it's it doesn't seem like he was really looking to the future. It was, can I make, you know, Butler's hurting this team right now, but I still want to win games. 
And by getting Covington and Sarge, two good pieces to go alongside your young players, Wiggins and Towns, good fit. It seems like they're still committing to winning games. It, problem is, like the first future, the four future firsts sound better, and they sound like you're getting a lot out of Jimmy Butler. But Thibodeau's thinking, if I don't continue to win games, then my job's in danger. I won't be making those four first-round picks. That's just why it's stupid to have the head coach and the GM be the same guy because their interests aren't in aligned a lot of the time. Thibodeau, as head coach, his goal is to just go win games. But as GM, your job and what you should be doing is making the team, making moves that are better for the team. That would have been a better move for the team, in my opinion. Four first-round picks. Yeah, you're hurting your chances now, but maybe, yeah, you're hurting your chances now. But those picks could be really, really good down the line. Like when the Celtics traded off uh, Pierce and Garnett, and they got all those picks from Brooklyn. So that that was pretty good. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was the the right move for Thibodeau, but that's what happens when you have the head coach and the GM, the same guy. It's also dumb when I hear them say, oh, they didn't want to trade Butler in the conference. Thank God they got Butler out of the conference. Oh, yeah, because if good thing they didn't trade Butler to Houston because you know now they can really beat Houston in the playoff series. Or now they can really, like if they traded him to the, uh, I don't know, they're like, what? Butler being on another team is going to hurt in the West, is going to hurt their chances of getting out the West. Give me a break. Come on. That's so stupid. What about those other teams that um, wanted to get Butler? How does this affect them? The Heat, Knicks, Nets, Clippers. They've just been striking out ever since LeBron LeBron left on free agents. Kevin Durant struck out on him, struck out on Gordon Hayward, tried to trade for Jimmy Butler, struck out. I don't know what it is, but maybe Pat Riley's lost his fastball. Might be time to retire. But he's succeeded so much, you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt. But at some point, you know, you lose your fat, you lose your fastball. I'm starting to think it's right now for Pat Riley. The Knicks, you know, I don't know if there was ever really serious conversations between the Knicks and the Wolves. But if you're the Knicks, don't give up a bunch of assets right now. Just keep your assets, keep your cap flexibility. Like, it would have been dumb for the Knicks to trade their assets for a rental in Jimmy Butler. What if he's unhappy there and he leaves? I, I I think the Knicks should keep their cap flexibility and stuff. Unless they can get rid of... Unless they could have gotten rid of, like, Tim Hardaway. Because that contract is really what's hurting them from being able to sign two max guys in um this summer. I, I think they should try and move Hardaway for some expirings. So if they could have fit Hardaway into that deal. I think I would have done it if I was the Knicks, but that's the only way. And maybe Courtney Lee. The Nets, give me a break. No one, I mean, he did say he wanted, like the Nets were one of his um three preferred destinations. I believe it was them, the Knicks, and the Clippers. So, I don't know. The Nets, I don't understand what's so good. The Nets have Karis LeVert. Great. What else? What else you got? I, I didn't think the Nets were, were serious. And then the Clippers, Clippers got a lot of like, good players they don't have a star but they have you know Avery Bradley Patrick Beverly Tobias Harris Gallinari um Milos Teodosic Shea Gilgis Alexander who else they have Lou Williams they have like have a bunch of good players and they have some cap flexibility and they're gonna try and make a run at either Kawhi 
or Durant this summer. So I guess they just wanted to keep their cap flexibility and get the better player than Butler and not have to give up assets, which is smart, makes sense. But for Philadelphia, you know, they want to win now. They have two stars, and I know Simmons hasn't made an all-star team yet. He's probably going to make it this year. So you add that third star, and you just say, let's go. We're ready to compete. And I understand that logic of thinking. It's not a bad logic of thinking. I just, you know, think Jimmy Butler has had some locker room problems that would make me nervous, and the fit makes me nervous. But those two things, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Like, the locker room stuff doesn't really make me nervous as much because, like I said, I think Embiid and Simmons further along than Wiggins and Towns. It's the it's the fit that really makes me nervous, but when you have you you get talent and you figure it out. You know, it, you're better with Jimmy Butler than without him at least most of the time, I would say. Uh and you you figure it out. He's a great player. Good great is like Kawhi, LeBron, Westbrook that level. He's a, he's a really good player, all-star player, top tier one of, on the top tier. You got to make a move. That's a good move to make. And we'll see if we'll see how it all works out. Um, but I think Philadelphia made the right move and to get Jimmy Butler because you get talent and you figure the rest out. But I but I'm concerned that about what could happen going forward. I wouldn't say it's by any means a slam dunk, can't miss trade. Great, they won. What a steal! I wouldn't say that. So I, I like the move for them, but I'm not crazy about it. And then for the other side, Minnesota. It's a good move for helping them win right now, but I think they're worse. Well, they might not be worse because they're definitely worse from a talent perspective, but they might be better now because of the whole chemistry and everything, and Covington and Saric are good fits, but they could have gotten a better trade. Getting four first-round picks from Houston, if that was really on the table, would have been stupid not to take, but that's what happens when your head coach and GM are the same guys. He knows if he doesn't win, he's going to get fired. If he gets fired, then he's not even going to be taking those picks. So what the hell do they mean to him? I'm talking about Thibodeau. You know, no, yeah, because he knows he's not going to, because, you know, any head coach isn't going to keep their job if they don't put up winning seasons. But anyways, I think that's about it. That's all the um, thoughts I had on the Jimmy Butler trade. I'm glad I was able to make through this. This is kind of a short podcast. Um, yeah, I was glad I was able to make through a podcast doing it by myself. Those aren't, it's not as easy as a lot of these people like Cowherd and Russillo make it seem. It's actually like pretty challenging. <laughs> really respect those guys being able to do it on their own. I mean, they've probably had lots of practice and much more comfortable doing it, but I'll get the hang of it. Hopefully if not, I'll just bring on guests. So yeah, Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia. I like the move for Philadelphia. Not crazy about it. Feel like it's a good move for Minnesota for helping them win and still compete this season, but could have made a better move. The Houston move. Anyways, thank you for listening. I will be back next week. Oh, so yeah, for next week. I, uh, next week, what I will be doing is we're going to do the football podcast with Brian early on in the week, Monday, Tuesday, somewhere around there. And then hopefully there won't be any issues with the NBA podcast because we'll try and do an NBA podcast later in the week. And yeah, I think that's it from the podcast perspective. 
So thank you for listening to this emergency episode and uh, talk to you soon. Bye.